Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you up for the cup? Hello and welcome to episode 23, yes 23, of the Real Football Cast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and in the next 60 minutes we'll be dissecting all the hot topics in football. As per usual we'll be discussing what's been going on in the Premier League but also the FA Cup over the past few days. And with what such a busy festive period I'm sure we'll have time to sort of go back in time also. I mean there's been so much football. Um, As always there's also some off-pitch activities that have caught our eye and they'll be getting our attention in the next hour. Joining me this afternoon for another early recording is JS. He's also from the excellent Football in the City website. JS, again, I've got the plug in, so all is well on that front, but how have you been, my friend? <laughs> I'm very well. I've got a little bit of a cold, so as I was saying, I'm probably going to sound a little bit like Barry White at his uh, most base baritone <laughs> today, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. might have just sort of just freestyle out, sort of have a bit of, um, that, that's exactly bit of jazz it, yeah. in the background, sort of lower the, t- <laughs> the tone. I, I, I've already unbuttoned my shirt halfway <laughs> down my chest in preparation. I'm doing one of those lying on the floor with my head and head props on my hands sort of poses, you know. I like it, a bit of an X-rated podcast to start the that's, year. That's exactly it, yeah. Before we do that, I'll do some social media bits um, first. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be talking to the Abyss once more. First, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at StanTrace1983. Anything show-related, send it my way. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. And if you use that platform, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're not a fan of all things Apple, then you can, of course, find me on SoundCloud and Acast. Well, the easiest way to find all the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. What is Loserpool? I hear you ask. It's a game that sees betting turned on its head, with the focus being on the loser. If this has grabbed your interest, then be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account. Especially as there is once again a prize pool paying the winner £1,000. Something you will not want to miss out on. The odds of winning are great. They're even better if you sign up. Right then, it's time to go live. And where should we go first, JS? I mean, there's been so much football. Let's go with the FA Cup and sort of work our way backwards, shall we? I mean, it was seventh heaven for a couple of clubs while Liverpool had been dumped out. So, firstly, what's your take on the competition as a whole? 
Do you feel it's in good health? At the same time, do we have to be careful not to diminish its role even further? What with the eroding of replays this year? What's mm. your sort of take on the status of the FA Cup? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is eroding, isn't it? I, I, I think it's very sad. I mean, it's 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 our main cup competition. It's been there since, what, 1870, 1871, something like that. Um, I, I feel like it needs a bit of life injecting back into it and personally what what i would probably do is just scrap scrap the league cup i i i don't really see that it serves that much of a functional purpose at all anymore the re- the reason they originally brought it in in 1960 i want to say um is basically because they were looking at reducing the um the number of teams in the in the top flight at the time, the old Division One, um, First Division, and basically they thought that would plug a gap in revenues, which which is fair enough, right? So, because that that was before, way before all of the stupid money came into football, and it was a global branding game and all the rest of it. So clubs still then largely relied on gate receipts and you know all the rest of it so it made sense uh, it's just it just doesn't hold any purpose or relevance to me now it's not it's not old enough i mean it's only what like 60 not even 60 years old the fa cups you know almost 100 years older than it and so i feel like we should do everything we can to protect and put the shine back onto that if if we scrap the league cup the revenues for the fa cup are going to be so much higher in terms of sponsorship and all of the rest of it so you can you can compensate for the the league the other league teams below the premier league by giving them more prize money anyway you know it, it would just add all the fun and the excitement premier league teams would desperately want to win it even more so because it would be the only cup competition domestically it would get rid of you know x amount of extra games and relieve relieve the burden on a lot of the top top clubs or um you know maybe not so much like city chelsea united Liverpool, who seem to have more or less unlimited funds now, but the teams just below them, like Everton, uh, maybe even Spurs to a certain extent, you know, it it, it will it would allow them a few extra games to co- sort of keep their squads fresher and all the rest of it, and it would just add all the competition and excitement back to the FA Cup, and genuinely, that's that's what I think needs to happen. <laughs> Which is actually going to be my next question. It was, is there space in English football for two cup competitions? And you've answered it perfectly. No, there isn't. Because I'm sort of in the same mindset. I know Tottenham are in the semi-final, which we'll touch on later in the show. But obviously... Yeah, that, that yeah, actually, still, yeah. I mean, having said that, come come eight o'clock tonight, I'm going to be like, this is the only thing that matters in the whole world. Fucking come on. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, absolutely. Because I want to win. I want. I always want Spurs to win when we're playing, and it is exciting being in a cup competition semi-final. And it is Chelsea, and that adds a lot to it. But 
No, it's just not. It's just not important. I mean, City are playing Burton, and that's incredible for Burton. Um, what what a job again, Nigel Clough is is doing there in his second stint as manager. But it, it it's not. Even if Spurs win it this year, all of the people who tore us with the you know trophyless bottler thing, that's not going to go away. As soon as we, even if we win it, as soon as we win it. Everyone will say, oh, it's only the League Cup, it doesn't count. So, right, exactly, yeah, you just got to no. win on that front, can you? I mean, if we stay on the theme of the FA Cup, when you consider that next season the winter break comes in in the Premier League, it's going to be split over two weeks. Yeah. Is that the case of the Cup being further in the lines and the big boys getting their own way? Because, I mean, mm. they'll probably use that break just to go off and play a big money spinning friendly somewhere around the oh, world, won't they? Of, of course they will, yeah. You know, Spurs will go to America like they always do. United will go somewhere in the Middle East, as will City, you know, um, Chelsea will probably go to China and all the rest of it. And yeah, it just makes a mockery of really having a winter break. And I know they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be playing at walking pace, aren't they? They're not going to get stuck in, but, you know, get, giving them an excuse to go off to random corners of the world, which, as he rightly says, exactly what's going to happen. It, it get, gets rid of the point of it. The only other solution I can think of is doing doing what they do in Germany and cutting the league down to 18 teams. Um, so you're only pe- playing 34 games in a season and only having one cup competition as they do. That would actually probably benefit a lot of English players going into major tournaments as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, but it's this sort of turkeys voted for Christmas principle, isn't it? Because if you're trying to sell the concepts of that to 20 Premier League teams and mm. two of those teams won't actually then be part of the Premier League, it's a very, very difficult sell. But the logic, you're absolutely right. And it's no coincidence, bar Germany's horror show in the uh, World Cup last year, that well, they're well, at the may, forefront may, of tournaments. May, maybe revolutionise it even further and have four up and four down or have... Yeah. Uh, three up and three down as it is, and then do what they do in a lot of countries and have a playoff for the uh, fourth place, maybe. Well, like a promotion relegation sort of thing. So 17th would play a championship it, team, for example. It, it, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be good. So I think that would make the sort of playoffs more interesting. I mean, they're, they're fine, but almost the playoffs now, I remember sort of when I was young, when I think obviously we're around the same age, but being sort of... 10-11. The playoff final was actually one of the best games of the season. because That was, was that was so exciting. I used, to, I used to love that. Yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. But you now, know. because there's so much money involved in that 90 minutes, it's a game <laughs> where you don't want to lose it rather than go and win it. So these like yeah. frenetic free-all thrillers, you know, or whatever, you know, like I remember uh, Swindon Leicester or Reading Bolton, like absolutely incredible matches. But now it's a game of like, it's just they're almost sort of frozen and the fact that there's 120 million or whatever figure do you know what actually the more i think about it and i literally just came up with a four up four down thing you could um you could you could still have the the normal you know fourth to sixth or whatever no it would be like maybe fifth to eighth in the championship now so the the third place team is the one that plays the premier league team no that's not right is it it would have to be. It would have to be fourth to eighth. So the the third. Actually, I don't know how that would work. Sod it. That's right. Not, I'll, I'll work it. I'll yeah. work out at some point. You know. But I, yeah, I, I, I get the gist. Like I get the gist. I get the gist. But let's yeah. um, go back to the football itself. And um, last night, Liverpool 
Now, they lost at the hands of Wolves. I mean, there's probably going to be a slight embarrassment today from a Liverpool fan's point of view, or even the club. But whisper yeah. it quietly, and they might not be all that bothered in the grand scheme of things, especially when you consider now that it's one less distraction in terms of them trying to win the title. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. But then, having said that, um, I do quite like the, the Pep Guardiola method of things. Like, if there's something there to win, he will go all out to try and win it, you know? Um, and I, th- I think with Liverpool being almost very similar to <coughs> Spurs to a certain extent, they've they've invested so much money over the summer, you know, the extra £150 million or whatever it was on players that were going to push them forward, give them a hugely competitive squad and all the rest of it. Um I, I don't think that's a good thing. I, I think in the same way Spurs probably need a trophy, I think Liverpool probably need one more because of their expenditure. You know, I wouldn't say... I'm not one of these people in the media who believes they're the be-all and end-all, and I wouldn't deem it a failure if they didn't win something this season under Klopp. But you know what I mean. That's how it will be taken by elements of the media and other fans and all the rest of it. So if there's something there, try try and win it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's two schools of thought there, isn't it? You've got the Pep model where it's let's go and try and win everything. And if we do, mm. you know, let's see if we can pick up two trophies or what have you. And that's deemed success. For Liverpool, I think it's a case of... Um, you know, well, it's, it's, it seems like Premier League or bust exactly, based yes, exactly. on last, like, last night, you know. But I, I, I still sort of think uh, Man City will overhaul them by the end of the season, if, if I'm being honest, you well, know. And when you talk about the race for the title, we cannot simply forget about Manchester City versus Liverpool last Thursday, can we? A gap at the top that could have expanded to 10, but has now contracted to 4. First, what did you make of the game itself, JS? I mean, Sky, they do a great hype machine, don't they? But it's fair to say that this mm. one did live up to it. It, yeah, it absolutely did. Um, I think I think it was probably the game of the season so far in terms of um, quality. It was a really classic Premier League sort of blood and thunder match, attacking all the way through. Fantastic! It was it was a very even game. I think City probably just about edged it in the end. So, what what, what did you make of it, Dan? Yeah, like you say, it was definitely the sort of the grandstand game of the season so far. I thought it was a, a good sort of to and fro to it. I mean, both teams were certainly up for it. I think, obviously, for City, it was more a must-win. For Liverpool, it was more of a do-not-lose. Obviously, Liverpool didn't quite hit their objective. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about margins and how fine they are in football. 11 millimetres, could that be the distance that stops Liverpool winning the title? Because, really, it doesn't get much closer than that, does it? No, I mean, it was, it was so tight and... Um... You'd be absolutely devastated if that was your own team for sure. But um, I mean, the goal line technology on on the whole has proven to to work. And <laughs> unfortunately for Liverpool fans and Liverpool, the club eleven meters, uh, eleven millimeter, eleven meters. I don't think they would have been checking that one. <laughs> eleven millimeters. Um, you, you would be gutted, but it's not a hundred percent over the line. Unfortunately, you can't 
you can't give it on that basis. So that's what it was. And uh, was it Mane? I think hit the post as well. Yeah, he hit the post before, uh, just minutes before, yeah. seconds before, didn't he? So, uh, and I think that would have made it two one to Liverpool. I think it was just before Sane scored as well. So. Oh man, I'm, I'm just looking at the stats for the game. Actually, it's so even all the way down. I mean, even passes 578 to 583, 80%, 79% accuracy, 51% possession in favour of Liverpool, nine shots, City, four on target for City, five on target for Liverpool. I mean, it's just. Oh, toss of a coin. And if that does prove to be a pivotal game in the title race. You'd be absolutely crushed if you were Liverpool because that hitting the post and the the, the goal, you know, not given on the uh, the um, goal line technology. Oh Jesus! Now, obviously, goal line technology it allows us to give well, not asking the referees, but it allows the referee to <laughs> give correct and absolute decisions. Obviously, something we saw on Thursday night. But with the margin of difference being that close. Without goal line technology, let's say it wasn't in place, could you have seen the goal being given? Because it looked, you know, you, we, we all say that obviously it can't be given unless the whole ball crosses the line. But there's literally like 99.9% of the ball yeah. sort of crossed the line there. Would a referee give the benefit of the doubt there without goal, goal line technology? Uh, it depends, A, if they're Russian, B, if they're... They're trying to rule out Frank Lampard's goal against Germany in the World Cup in uh, 2010, I think it was. Yep. Or whether it was the uh, the one at Old Trafford all those years ago where the ball crossed the line about three yards and was scooped out by whoever United had. Oh, Roy Carroll. You know? yes, yeah, right. Roy Carroll, that was it. Yeah, maybe it's uh, good that goal line technology is in place then. But um, that was obviously was a correct decision. And there's, you know, like I say, it was absolute. One that was up in the air and sort of subjective was the fact that Vincent Company got a booking. Some are saying it should have been a red card, something that would have then changed the flow of the game completely. For you, mm. JS, should he have stayed on the pitch or should he have got his marching orders? Um, I, I did like what um, Alex Mansfield of um, LFC transfer room and a million other things is a, a Liverpool journalist based in America. He said... Um, he said it should have been an orange card, and I, I think that's about right on balance. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it, because I think if you look at the threshold, if it's it's just a heavy yellow, you know, if it's not quite a red, then you, yeah. can't, you can't send them off really, can you? You know, it's maybe a bit robust. For me, I didn't really think there's too much of an issue, but when you watch things back, you think, well, actually, maybe, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, right. exactly. I, I, mean, I mean, in real time... I, I thought it was unlucky to get a yellow. Watching it back, um, I, I sort of thought you, you, you've definitely seen those given. You know, uh, I mean, definitely given as reds. But um, I, th- I think it was just just about the right the right call. Yeah, I think the right decision was made. I think we don't really want to see players sent off in a game of that magnitude. I know it's not about the spectacle, but it was better for it. The fact that it was. 11 no, 11. I, th- I, I think the ref. Who was the ref for that game? Do you know? Um, can't really remember. I don't no, know I, 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 I can't remember. But that's remember. not a bad was, thing. He had a really good game. Exactly. I, I, if I can't, I can't remember, remember him, he's had a good game. Yeah. <clears throat> excellent. He had an excellent game. He let it sort of flow very freely. Um, it's what you want to see in a match like that, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, a very good game. Liverpool definitely would count themselves a little bit unlucky to have uh, lost it. Um 
you know, given that they were so close to winning it on a, on a couple of occasions that we've mentioned. Um, yeah, brilliant for a neutral, you know. And while we're talking about the total race, it would be unfair to leave out Tottenham. I mean, they were in the total race for about three days, and then they were out of it, and I guess they're on the fringes of it once more. Yeah. There was that obvious blip at home to Wolves, but at the same time, there's been some incredibly exciting performances from Spurs of late. So what have you made of their recent goal glut? What is it, like 33 goals in about seven or eight games or something well, it's bizarre, absolutely ludicrous it's, it's, five it's, six and a seven if you can count the cup as well so um, yeah um well it's been brilliant to watch hasn't it you know what i mean um I, I, the, the weird thing is I, I know we've had a lot of defensive injuries so that's that's made it quite difficult to you know sort of fill the stable team and has led to possibly more defensive mistakes than normal because like the players are tired you know what I mean so um and it's led to us having games like Wolves or Arsenal you know where we we just seem to sort of like completely run out of steam in the in the second halves you know um I think happily the fact we we had with all due respect to them it was Wolves to Cardiff who were I don't know, easily one of the worst teams in the Premier League this season. And then Tranmere away where we could rest half of our first team has, has been very, very lucky for tonight. You know what I mean? In a, in a way, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, obviously you can only beat what's in front of you, but I guess it's almost, well, it's great from a confidence point of view. It's almost as if we're the, I wouldn't say the Spurs of old, because it's only sort of a couple of years, seasons ago, but, you know, mm-hmm. we're sort of, where we were beating teams one nil earlier in the season and people were moaning, now we're sort of rolling over teams and it's we've got that swagger. We've all, almost got that swagger at just the right time of the season, haven't we? I, I don't, I don't get like half of our own fan base. Sometimes, you know what I mean. No. I, gen, I genuinely don't understand fifty percent of them because we. Uh, it, it's almost like they have goldfish memory from season to season because we always come stronger in the second half of the season without fail we've had a much better start to this season than we we normally do and then we normally go on a decent run after christmas and i've got no real reason to think why that will be a bit that will be different this year sun sun is in rare form we're going to miss him after the united game for three games but you know I, I reckon he'll, depending on how South Korea do, I reckon he'll come back sort of full of confidence. And we'll stay with Spurs and open up to their Carabao Cup semi-final against Chelsea this evening. JS, how do you see the first leg panning out at Wembley? Could Tottenham expect a similar performance and a result, more importantly, to the league clash back in November? Yeah, I've, I've actually gone with um, two, two all for this one. Really? I th- I th- yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be... Um, <coughs> I think it's going to be one of those almost a little bit like the the City Liverpool game where um, people kind of expect both teams not necessarily not to go for it, but to kind of be content content with the draw. But I actually feel like a bit like it did on is it Thursday when they played. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those. And I said that would be an end-to-end feisty game as well, and it was. And I, I kind of feel like with with any Chelsea Spurs game, 
however the team's set up, as soon as you, you, you get on the pitch and you hear the crowd and everything else, it's Chelsea, Spurs, everything goes out of the window. Um, you know, you, you have to think people like Deli Ali and Kane are going to play in winks and, you know, they understand what these derbies mean, don't they? They're going to, it's, it's going to be blood and thunder. I think it's going to be end to end. Um, you know, our, our defence hasn't been as solid as it has been in previous seasons, largely due to the, the injuries and, you know, the disruptions that cause and having a stable backline and all of the rest of it. And, yeah, I, th- I think Chelsea will just follow suit and it will be a really great attacking end-to-end game, actually. Um, obviously, that's going to sort of set up the 90 minutes. Yesterday, Eden Hazard sort of had a, a message mm. for the Chelsea fans about, please behave. Obviously, you know, to almost both sets of fans, really. Is that something that you can see happening or is it going to rear its ugly head again tonight? I mean, we know the sort of subject that we're sort of talking about, but is it going to be the same old, same old? I I desperately hope not because um, I, th- I think Jewish people in particular, you know, as we, as we well know, have had a pretty rough time throughout history and the, the fact that fans of... All, all stripes, you know, feel like they can kind of tar a, a very, you know, a, a, a set of people who've, who've had a such an historically rough ride um, in the name of football support is is just way beyond the, the, the pale for me. And um, I, I desperately hope Chelsea especially will rein that in I'm hoping there are going to be no gas chamber noises, no um, you know, your chants or Auschwitz songs and all the rest of it, but it's, it's, it's hard to say, I mean they've not been doing brilliantly with, with racism recently when neither have we actually to be absolutely no, honest. I mean, yeah, we're not uh, perfect I think, I think far, as i far, said Far from it recently, yes, but, of um, so it's not just about sort of giving Chelsea fans a kick in here, is it? It's like we've got no, both. oh, absolutely not. I mean, we've we've had the banana skin and that yeah. Vicente Spurs bloke, you oh, know, yeah. uh, which which was all, also absolutely hideous. Um, yeah, I, I, I just hope I just hope hope not because you know we've 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 obviously identified with our with our strong jewish contingent and our fan base historically and i i do sort of hope that doesn't rear its ugly head again tonight you know um i guess we have to stay on a slightly darker note for a little bit which is unfortunate because we don't really like to take this tone but again racing racism seems to be raising its ugly head once more first we've had wayne hennessy's so we say ill-judged photo pose and also Renee mm. Hector getting on-pitch abuse from an opposition defender. So, once again, not a good week. Mate, where's it all going wrong? With uh, let, let, uh, I'll just talk about the Renee Hector thing. For listeners who aren't aware, she's a, um, a Tottenham Spurs ladies player, basically, and she put out a tweet saying that um, she'd been racially abused abused in a, a women's championship game by a Sheffield United player, including monkey chance on the pitch, which to me is it's bad enough when fans do it. There's not an excuse for fans doing it. And that needs stamping out. We know that. There's never an excuse. But unfortunately, it's not a surprise when it happens. 
to to go on to essentially to what your place of work is and get abused by a fellow professional and you have to assume I know I know innocent until proven guilty but there's no there's no way a professional footballer uh, 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 you know uh, how to phrase it like a top club really in Spurs She's not gonna. She's not gonna have gone on and put that on social media if that hadn't happened. Yeah. Of course, um, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I do, I do believe in innocent until proven guilty. But having said that, sometimes you just have to use a bit of common sense in your judgment, weigh it up. She hasn't taken it down or anything like that. So even though the club is saying we're looking into the alleged racist abuse, I, I can't see Renee Hector putting that on social media if it didn't happen. And to me, if a fellow professional in England in 2019 has done that, uh, honestly, I, I've, I think she should have a contra- contract rescinded and I think she should face at least a year ban and ordered to do, you know, charity work until she's got her head together, you know. Yeah, yeah well, it just sort of beggars belief, really. Like you say, I mean... If you you can make a spurious claim, but if you're going to make something of that nature, to make one about being, you know, giving racist sort of abuse on a pitch, that's, that's exactly. a hell of a claim to make that isn't true. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, uh, it, 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 for me personally, I'm 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 just going to go go out on a limb and say it definitely happens, and whoever it was. I, I hope they get banned. Honestly, that just eat. I don't believe in one of these. Like, I do. I do believe in second chances if they reform. So I'm not going to say she should just be banned for life from the game. But come on, man. I mean, women get a hard enough time in the game from a lot of men anyway. I mean, there should be. You'd think, if nothing else, an element of sort so of sis- well sisterhood, yeah, solidarity, so- exactly with fellow women professionals that really do get a tough time and they're trying to you know change perceptions about how good the women women's game is and it is it's fantastic and since the increase in the level of professionalism it really is very very good now and that's only going to get better now it's you know there's more money and more full-time professionals in the game of course it is it's not it's not rocket science and for a fellow professional just whilst the game's on the rise to actually abuse another player based on the colour of their skin. Oh, it's, the, it's just all sorts of wrong to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where do you stand on Wayne Hennessy's? I mean, it's not even... I mean, the, the pose ain't great at all, but it's mm. almost the ludicrous explanation of it just makes it even worse, doesn't it? It's like, it makes it worse, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it does. I mean, it's kind of like... Oh, it's it's such bullshit, and the the fact that you know it was a German player that posted it on his Instagram as well. Mm, I mean, just just own it. When are these people going to just own their mistakes and just say sorry? You know, like Martin Solveig with Ada Hagerberg at the Ballon Doors. Just say, look, this was so wrong. It doesn't represent what I stand for. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm going to donate my next X amount of <laughs> with salary or X amount, you know, to Jewish Jewish charities, Jewish survivors charities of the Holocaust, whatever it is. To, to me, what what made it even worse was that 
I put a post up about it, and someone was saying, get real, it's just at a private dinner, it's banter with his mates, and you're thinking, like, do you know what, there's, there's banter, and then there's there's stuff which is just so beyond the pale, and I, I'm, not, I'm not a puritanical guy, I mean, I've got quite a dark sense of humour, but I do draw the line at making light of the, the, the regime that well, essentially killed six million Jewish people and were, you know, instrumental in triggering a war that killed 80, 85 million people. I, I don't find anything funny in that. And I don't find anything funny in, in a player doing that, even remotely. And to write that off as, as banter is, is a, an absolute sickener to me. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, while we're here, what did you make of uh, Iniesta and the blackface? Because that's not like a good look for that one either, is it? It's like no. Um, I, su- I suppose. I suppose is one is one saving grace to a certain extent was that at least he wasn't in blackface. True, um, that is true. It's it's not ideal is it it's no. it's a little bit tougher because that that is a Spanish tradition. Yes, but that then, is right. But but then having said that. Spain Spain has notoriously had terrible issues with racism and racial abuse at games and all of the rest of it. And you do sort of think, like, yes, they are a bit more of a conservative country than we are in terms of social social traditions and all of the rest of it. But to me, it still doesn't make it acceptable. And a, a player... With such a global standing and reputation as Andres Iniesta, must have must have advisors around him that that are surely going to say, "Look, Andres, I know this is part of your culture and part of your tradition, but posing with people in blackface is it, just is just not right anymore." Uh, and even if it's from a sort of branding perspective, which it shouldn't be, he should have the awareness. To not do that now, you know, and um, just say, look, I know this tradition, but sorry, it's just it's just not right in the 21st century. Um, even from their branding perspective, you know, whether it's Nike or whoever is sponsored by or his club in Japan or just as general management advisors, agents, whatever, must just say that this is just going to you're just going to get crucified for this, mate. It's, it's just not worth it, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It just it's, it's ill judged. I mean, um, I think the fact it's tradition in Spain, which even that is trying to be sort of phased out in Spain. So I think it, yeah. It, exactly, yeah. It's <clears throat> you know the, the kind of things that were acceptable even twenty twenty five years ago that we wouldn't even really question because they they seemed relatively harmless. We we know better now. That they're, they're not harmless. They are. That it's hideously racist. There's there's no excuse for it. You know, um, I, I don't think Andres Iniesta in in and of himself is racist. He personally wasn't. You know, in blackface. But suppose with it sends the message that it kind of like gives his seal, uh, you know, stamp of approval on it, and it's not good. You know. No, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't want to sort of make light of the situation, but let's try and sort no, of get no, back into no, no. Yep, football and yep. all that. So, 
Um, I don't want to turn this into a Spurs-dominated podcast either, but we do seem to be making another headline, and that is the fact that Mauricio Pochettino has said that he'd love to be at the club as manager for 20 years. Now, that will certainly put the club's fans at ease, won't it? Uh, Are you sure that wouldn't be um, Pochettino demands more money or is on his way out? Well, trade, I guess you, you tra- could look at trade, trade, trademark Sky Sports News, you know. Um, I guess there's ways to sort of decipher that, but um, it's well, it sends some form of positive message. But I guess that message has to be backed up and supported. No, by the no, club. Um, that that's just me sort of rinsing how I'm oh. assuming Sky are going to cover. Oh, okay. No, no, I, I I never thought Pochettino was going to go, especially in the summer. Um, I even think that sort of tone, some commentators pointed to him saying we need to do things differently is a sign that he's not happy, he's going to be on his way out. I I don't even think he he meant it like that. I think what he meant was, uh, you know, and he did actually clarify, we've, we've done things in a different way, right? And he's proud of how we've done that. Um... And, you know, he said, he even said, I think it was either in that interview or the one he gave that was also highly positive either the day before or a couple of days before, where he was saying, you you consistently praise us for the way we've done it. And then you sort of criticise us for not, not winning titles. But it's right, his remit when he came into Spurs was just to close the gap on the top four. The fact that we're, you know... <sighs> I wouldn't say we're in the title race, but we're not we're not a million miles off it either. Six six points off Liverpool, two points off City, four points ahead of Chelsea, seven ahead of Arsenal, and ten points ahead of United, all of whom have spent massive, massive money over the last, you know, two, three, four years, where we we haven't, is still to me borderline miraculous um and i understand why tottenham fans get frustrated but for me i've i've always been what what they derogatorily call a a happy clapper and i i've always taken the long view that what what levy enoch on the whole have done is increase and improve the club incrementally and put in stable systems in place that ensure our long-term, not just survival, but long-term being, you know, being able to be competitive at the top, you know. Um, and I think we're still going in the right direction. I, I, I don't think the stadium's going to be absolutely crippling in the same way it was was. Um, for Arsenal, I think our our finances are in slightly better shape than theirs was when they did that. And actually, even as a Spurs fan, I have to give credit to Arsenal for the way they did it as well. Um, there, there's something a little bit more wholesome about kind of building something gradually, you know, through sort of generations of support, you know, building the club in, 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 I would say, the right way, as opposed to just chucking billions of pounds at something all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I say, that, that comment will put um, Spurs fans' minds at ease. Another thing oh, that... sorry, sorry, yes. Pochettino, I didn't think he was going, and I, I don't think he needed to quantify or clarify his statements, as he said at the time. 
uh, and Sky were kind of reading in all sorts into him refusing to comment on it. Why should he? You know, he said exactly the same thing at, um, when Real Madrid was sniffing around in the summer. He just said, I can't do anything about what's happening at other clubs. Um, it's not my job to comment on rumours that are essentially fabricated, uh, fabricated either, you know, leaked by the the clubs to the press or by the press to kind of like build up a, a story that isn't there. You know what I mean? Like, why should he have? But all he's said since then has been stuff like, I want to be at the club long term. He said, when was it last week or a few days ago? Uh, I, you know, the FA Cup and the League Cup, they're not huge priorities. I want to be winning Champions League and Premier Leagues at Spurs, and one cup competition isn't going to change that. And that's all he's ever said has been consistent. Why Why would he leave when he's built up such an, a massive thing? You know, you can see it. Flour- the Youth Academy absolutely flourishing at the moment, you know. Yes. It, it's, it's not going anywhere where where he's, you know, might well get sacked in two or three years. He's got a chance to do what Wenger did at Arsenal, you know, and as he even said in that same press conference, he, he would consult with Wenger whether it was worth it to stay on so long. But what, what he meant was that's what he wants to do. Him saying, him asking Wenger um, whether it was worth it didn't mean he's going to leave in the summer or next year in two or three years. He just meant, would he stay on for the last few years of it in the end when you're just getting attacked from all sides? Because it, even me and, as a Spurs fan, say, his, say he is still here in 20 years, yeah? And he's won as Premier Leagues and he's won as Cups and maybe even a Champions League. But if we hadn't won anything for bloody ages... And and we were established at that level now. You, you, you know, maybe even the more reasonable of Spurs fans would be saying, yeah, I love him. He's basically Bill Nicholson or maybe even surpassed him at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? But even you and me would probably be saying, yeah, it's, it's probably time for him to go, wouldn't we? You know, yeah. it's human nature. Because you know? let's say, you know, um, let's say we started winning league titles, then all of a sudden we started turning in... Sixth, seventh, fifth, etc. Then you sort of think, do you know what? Like, he's been here twenty-one years. Maybe it is time mm. to put him out to pasture without being rude. But yeah, yeah things evolve and things have to I, change. I, I also think Pochettino's got a lot of self-awareness. But then, having said that, a bit like Wenger, if you've built something at a club and built a club up so much in the way that you did, and you 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 you're so used to being there and you love it heart and soul, it must be difficult to leave. So Pochettino might say that. But, you know, he might still be clinging on in 25 years, you know what I mean? So, you just don't know, do you? No, you, know. you really don't. I mean, I guess what else will put Spurs fans at ease is the fact that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has got off to a perfect start at Man United because that sort of quelled the rumours, really. Five wins from five, start which is history-making in itself. Admittedly, mm. they've not faced the toughest opposition, but he's certainly got things ticking again, hasn't he? And, I mean, to be honest, yeah. you can't unlike the guy, really. He just comes across as a really menial, jovial guy who just... Seems to be really enjoying his, his job. I, I always loved Solskjaer. He's one of those sort of a little bit like Sonny at Spurs yes. or Kante at Chelsea now. He's almost impossible not to like. And he's he's done brilliantly. I mean, he's, he's come in, he's, he's started to get the best out of players that were underperforming, especially Paul Pogba. 
Um, and he seems to have just improved and lifted the mood, you know, <laughs> from the from the ever sullen Mourinho era. Um, oh, he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, I, d- I do think that's part of it. I also think partly when Spurs fans, namely yourself as well, started the whole Spurs not Sky thing after the Everton match. And I actually know, myself included, a lot of people reported um, Gary Neville and Martin Tyler's uh, commentary of the Everton game to uh, Ofcom and other other bodies because of the... Um, the fact that they were barely talking about the Everton Spurs game that was actually going on. They were talking about Pochettino to to United. Um, and a lot of people have started picking up on their continued links to Sky Bet and all of the rest of it. And I think since that really started and a lot of people have been hammering them for it, I think they've been a little bit more... Uh, let's say tiptoeing around yes, it. I you, you are, know, actually, you know, I'm, it's not saying I'm taking credit for it, but there's certainly mm. been a sea change, isn't there? Like it's not been so aggressive oh. in the past couple of weeks. Oh, oh, absolutely, massively. You, you did the Spurs not Sky thing. I actually, you know, got a lot of people involved in sort of tagging um, Sky Bet and whatever in the same post, and I, we, I actually started doing some digging on it. And whilst they did sell the company in August. Um, let's put it this way: they they use the same building, they use the same staff, and they've got a lot of the same directors working for um, Bet Stars or whatever the company that bought it called. And it's actually the two same companies that were actually de facto running it are still running it. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, they're, they're meant to be separate entities, but let's be honest, they're not, are they? Like one hand drives the other, so. So, so the problem is, um, and the other main problem was, people noticed that they were taking money on uh, Pochettino to United, but they weren't taking money on Pochettino staying. That's right, yeah, which is like, well, how can you run that in a market? You can't have one. Exactly. So a lot of people started questioning whether they were inflating the market, basically, to a thing that they knew wasn't actually realistically going to happen. Um, and I think since that, like I said, it, I, I can't even remember them putting one out, to be honest, since then. Yeah. So, job job done, as far as... Well we, done, us. A pat on the back. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. We're, we're yeah. now in silly season, what of it being the January transfer window. So, um, if you are out there in the atmosphere, keep an eye out for my 10-minute Gossip Collins episodes, where I run through who is going where. I mean, there's not been too many done deals, as Jim White would say, but two have caught the most eyes. <laughs> is uh, Christian Pulisic to Chelsea and Jermaine Foto mm. Rangers. So first up, Pulisic being purchased. Is that a view to Hazard moving on? Because I know Pulisic is uh, buying his time back in the Bundesliga for the next few months and then coming to West London. Yeah. So is that one in, one out? Or are they going to be working on the same team? And also, could an evergreen mm. Jermaine Defoe be the sign that breaks Celtic stranglehold on the Scottish Premiership? I think that might actually be the first ever Scottish football question I've asked on this podcast. Firstly, hello, Scottish football. Yes, hello. S- secondly, um... Yeah, I I think he's gonna. I think that's an incredibly good move for all concerned. Actually, um, yeah, he's what is he thirty six now? Um, I, he still looks quite quick. That's the that's the thing, and I I think he's really gonna terrorise a lot of Scottish defences. I think when that was announced. Um, 
I kind of feel maybe apart from Celtic, I think that's probably like the collective other Scottish Premier League teams collectively shat themselves when they saw that go through, to be honest, because he's just going to bang in goals for them, you know, game after game after game. Um, People love him. The Rangers fans are going to love him. Um, I mean, as Jermaine Defoe, what can you say? Love him. Although they're going to have to get used to the commentary lines, and Jermaine Defoe is offside a lot, but um, they'll, they'll get they'll get used to a lot of Jermaine Defoe scores again yes, as well. Exactly. So the, every cloud, the positives yeah. will certainly outweigh the negatives there. But if we go uh, to Christian Pulisic, what do you make of that move? Because I wouldn't say it went under the radar, but the timing certainly certainly caught people on the hop. I think early in the window, it was like, oh, hang on, where's that move come from? So, um, like I say, is that a move with? a view to Hazard moving on, or are they going to be working together next season? It, it's a proper weird one for me, and t- to be honest, it kind of sums up the state of our, our academies at the moment, um, because you, you get Jaden Sancho, who was never going to get a chance at City, going to Dortmund, um, you know, because he knew he'd, he'd get at least a far fairer crack of the whip in terms of game time, than he was going to at City, he's essentially cut down on Christian Pulisic's game time. Um, they're now signing Christian Pulisic at Chelsea for the best part of £60 million, um, meaning that Callum Hudson-Odoi is now going to be even more marginalised and Bayern Munich wants to sign him. I mean, that, that's just a crazy state of affairs to me, you know? It is. I mean, the German teams seem to be holding the academies of ours in better esteem than what we are doing, and they seem to be reaping the benefits. And the, the uh, apart, new- <clears throat> apart from Spurs, and also would give a, a a big shout out to Liverpool on that because they they also seem to have got the balance right in terms of buying in established players. Um, and and also giving their academy lads a chance. If they're good enough at Liverpool and Spurs, they will get a chance, whereas they won't at City and Chelsea. Um, and I was having this argument slash debate with a Chelsea fan, um, and he was saying, oh, you know, it does work. A lot of them have gone on to become top professionals. And I was like, yeah, but not, not at Chelsea. You know what I mean? And the, the fact that you consider... Their last real major major success at the club out with their academy was probably John Terry. And we're talking, what, 15, uh, oh God. 18, 19 yeah, years ago? Pro- yeah, probably the best part of two decades ago. Yes. Um, you've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's sort of getting the old game here and there, but not not many, really. I mean, we're, we're well over halfway through the season. I think he's played... Nine nine games this year, you know, in the in the first team. Um, that that to me, one, you know, given their level of wealth and all the rest of it, and I know they're in a position where they can just buy in whatever they need. But to me, that's not success of a club when you you've really developed one first team player in the best part of two decades. And it's exactly the same that's happening at City now. The only one who looks like he might even get half a chance is is Phil Foden. And even that's not a dead cert guaranteed. The only reason he'll stay around is because he's a boyhood 
City fan, you know, he, he might be a bit more patient with it, but you can guarantee in two or three years, if he's not even remotely close to breaking into the first team, he'll be on his way as well. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you reckon Hudson-Odoi will go to Bayern Munich? Well, in in my opinion, he should. Yes, he should, absolutely. Because I know Sarri's been in, on, in his ear saying you should stay, but it's all very well saying that, but you need the minutes to back that up, don't you? The pr- the problem is with Chelsea and the problem is with Sari is that Sari said he didn't even know anything about the Pulisic deal until it was more or less done and you sort of think like that that's not, that's just not that's just not right you know what I mean like oh my god they, I, I, they they didn't even tell him this is what he was saying this week until they 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 were in contract negotiations with him it's bizarre isn't it really I guess that's the sort of the sort of signal of transfers by committee or you know having the power taken out of your hands which yeah, it, is usually it, it, a model you see abroad you don't usually see that in the Premier League where no, players I mean, are being brought for, for you for a manager how depressing must that well, be exactly, yes. know, I, I mean yeah let, let's be honest Christian Pulisic is, is one of the most highly rated and sought after talents in 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 world football in youth terms you know that that's a good signing and any, any most you know a lot of managers uh, clubs who couldn't afford it would would bend over backwards to get a player like that in a, in in at the club. But for for a manager to not even know it was happening until they're at the contract stage, that 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 just seems all all sorts of wrong, all sorts of wrong to me. Um, you know, and I'm sure he won't complain when he sees how good he is. But oh Jesus, I mean that that says nothing for the longevity of Chelsea managers. It says nothing for their for their academy, I mean, sorry, like you say, has gone on the offensive with Hudson Odoi and urged him to stay and all the rest of it. But Hudson Odoi's going to look at it and go, the manager doesn't even know that is essentially signing someone who's going to be ahead of me in the team. Sorry, you know, based on Chelsea's track record of hiring and firing at will, you don't even know is going to be there in a year, two years' time. Anyway, why why would he? He's gonna he's gonna look at Bayern. He's gonna look at the the longevity of their managers. Yup, you know, yup, Hankers and all the rest of it. And just think, do you know what? German football develops youth players far better than we do in this country. Why wouldn't I go out and play there? You know, more more and more young young players are doing it around the world. They they're going into the Bundesliga because they know they'll. If they're talented enough, they will get a, a chance. You know, the the only kind of clubs who top clubs in England who can hold their heads up, um, and I mean the the sort of top top clubs, Liverpool and Spurs at the moment. The, the rest of them have got a shameful record for it. Actually, no, sorry, United a little bit because when you sort of look at Lingard and Rashford and you know all the rest of it and I, I know there are going to be Chelsea, Chelsea fans who point at people like Andreas Christensen and Ampadu and all the rest of it but for me when when you buy like Andreas Christensen as an uh, you know one of the most outstanding talents at that age at 16 from Bronsby when he's almost fully formed it's a little bit like anyone buying Delit now, just a couple of years later. You know what I mean? It's yeah, the same with, with with Ampadu, who they bought in from Exeter. Yeah, Exeter City, exactly. Yeah, um, and and on and on and on it goes. They're not 
they're, they're almost fully formed at 16 players now. You can still develop them a bit, but they've, they've, if you're buying them in at that age, they've, they've got all the fundamentals already there. They've been, they've been developed by another club at that point. You know what I mean? They're, they're, there's only so much you can, you can bring on players without the basic essentials of talent and technique at the age of 16. You know what I mean? It's all the development has already been done at that point. Right, Jess, your penultimate question for today. Just as be- just before we were going live, it's announced that Moussa Dembele is leaving Tottenham this month, literally in the next <laughs> day or so. So he's getting his big money move in the Far East, semi-retirement, shall we say. Mm. What's your take on the Belgians' departure? Have we got the best out of him and it's the right move do you think we should keep him till the end of the season what's your take and what regard would he be kept in at the club is he a club legend a cult hero what's your take on all things Dembele he, he should be a club legend he doesn't get the respect he deserves and I, I think he's uh, yeah I, I think he's one of the best best players to ever grace that shirt personally he's he's an underrated genius um for the last three, four, five seasons without sort of resurgence, if you want to call it that, and being more competitive, he was the glue that held the team together. He was essentially a sort of more forward-thinking number six. So I, I believe he's genuinely irreplaceable. I think he's a completely unique player. Um, he broke up play shielded the ball and linked play and you know people will point at his lack of goals and assists but that is just not what he was in the team there for he was in the team to break up the play and link the play with the attacking players and he he did that better than uh, I think most people in the world world game is an absolute Rolls Royce for the player and for me personally there's there is a strong reason as to why Pochettino is called him the best player at the club. There's a reason why most of his teammates, when asked who's the best player at the club, they pretty much, to a man, say Moussa Dembele and have consistently done so over the last four or five years. Um, and I, I think he's a, a genuine great of the game, absolutely underrated, completely underappreciated, including by some of our own fans. Um, and you know, he's he's been my favourite player at the club for quite a long time. Per, on a personal note, absolutely devastated. Um, I actually asked Mickey Hazard earlier if he'd pass on all of our best from Spurs fans if he bumps into him tonight at the game, and he said he would. So I'd just like to say thanks to Mickey for that, and I'd like to thank Musa for um, brilliant years of service and... Um, I, I think, unfortunately, is the right time. He, he did say in the summer that his body couldn't stand the, the strain of the Premier League and he, he wanted to um, wanted to bring it to an end. And I, I don't begrudge him, you know, doing that at this stage of his career. I think this final injury um, was the kind of final sort of seal on the lid, if you like. Um, in terms of him making his mind up that he he was going to go, um, because he's brilliant when he comes in, but unfortunately, even from the cup, club's perspective, it makes sense because he gets injured so much now. Um, it, it's it sounds absolutely a bit callous, but it does make sense to get him off the 
the um the the payroll at this stage and for him it'll probably triple his salary in china and you know boss that league and i'm i'm happy for him and i'm just i just feel privileged that i got to watch such a great player so much live for spurs excellently put mate i couldn't have put it better myself um so your last bit of business for today i just need a loser pool pick your guaranteed loser for this weekend out of the 10 Premiership matches, who do you reckon it will be? Um, hmm. Don't forget Let, your 100% record is still intact. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Us. Oh, Jesus. It's a bit tough for this weekend, isn't it? It is. Oh, gee, really tough, actually. A lot of close games. Um, I will go with... I'll go with... Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go all out, and I'm going to go with United to lose to Tottenham, and I'm going to put it all on the line. Oh, with... wow. I like yeah. this, JS. Yeah. I like it, yes. how, how about that? So, yes. there we go. This is it. So, I mean, let's be honest, there's been some safe picks in the first half of the season, but I like it's all guns blazing approach. He's going all in, all the chips are on the table. JS is going to go for May United to lose away at Tottenham. I'm going to play it safe because I think Liverpool, they've got to bounce back covers they'll be in a blip, won't they? So I think they'll yeah. dispose of Brighton. They won their 5-1 last season, so I'm going to play it yeah, relatively yeah. safe and say uh, that... I mean, that, that was the other one I was looking at, but I've, I've just got an inkling Brighton are going to pull off a draw in that game. So. Well, I mean, if they do, look, it could be the rut that... Because every team goes through a blip in the season. This could be Liverpool's blip, so... It, 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 <laughs> do you know what? We thought we'd do, but actually Spurs actually haven't yet. We, no. we, kind, of, we kind of have... Uh, you know, like a game, a bad game, and then we sort of go on a run of victories, but we haven't had a genuinely bad run of... Mind you, that's probably reinforced by the fact that we still haven't drawn a game yes, yet. Yes, I like our steadfast refusal not to draw. I'm like yeah, this approach. Yeah, uh, no, death or glory. That's I like it. it. <laughs> it's, it's the Spurs way. It's almost old-fashioned Spurs, it but is. happy days. Happy Get days it. indeed. I think that'll bring us to the end of the, the podcast, JS. Um hmm. Been an excellent hour or so. Thanks ever so much for your time. I really enjoyed it and um, a cracking start to 2019. And and to you, Dan, and all the best for everything this year. So, perfect, yeah. And uh, thanks for having me on. Not a problem, mate. Thanks for your words and we'll certainly do it again soon. So, with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast in association with Loser Paul. And until next time, goodbye. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.